0: Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts, or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com, as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment Podcast. Family. I swear I talk more in the episodes.
1: Hello and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, representing Eagle Fang Karate, the bad boy of podcasting, Mr. Shane Beauregard. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing well. I'm ready for this. And I, I feel like I have to carry some extra burden because we're missing a homie tonight. We are. So I, yeah. So we're going to do a lot of Marvel talk and uh, he's going to miss out. But I'm going to pour one out for, uh, for Chris tonight.
1: I think in a way, this conversation needs to happen without Chris. And I don't mean any disrespect to him. I love him. Chris is on assignment right now, you know, lamping it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's on a family vacation. Good for him. The reason why I said that, though, is, A, because he hates the moniker he keeps getting of Mr. Marvel from his friends and whatever else. Um, and slowly we're, you know, being, you know, maybe quite harsh on Marvel uh, in terms of that. But we were going to do a lot of D23 talk up front because that happened over the weekend. And that is kind of the anti-Chris because Chris hates trailers. He doesn't want to know he a lot. He's kind of loves to go in cold. So, honestly, I think we're more saving, Chris, than we are dissing. You make a good point.
0: Actually, you make a good point, sir.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so what we're going to do today, later on the show, uh, as you may have noticed by me mentioning Eagle Fang Karate right up top, uh, we are going to discuss the latest season of Cobra Kai from Netflix uh, that did air over the weekend, so we will get into that later on. But, Shane, I just kind of want to, like shoot the shit with you about like the weekend because it was kind of insane between d23 uh then we also have uh the toronto international film festivals going on so and then awards from the last festivals like venice came out too where i kind of almost want to like look at the weekend through somewhat of the prism of the fall preview draft we just had which if you guys haven't heard that episode that was our episode last week where we all drafted uh, in certain categories of the stuff that we are anticipating coming up in the next few months. And a lot of the stuff that came out over the weekend kind of goes hand in hand with what we picked. And the two things that come out, obviously Cobra Kai, which we'll get you. That was your draft pick. So that happened over the weekend. Plus barbarian came out over the weekend. That was one of Chris's picks, So, you know, we'll get into that probably next week when he comes back, but Man, good reviews for that movie, I should say, by the way. Um, and then D23, you got my pick, Wakanda Forever. Uh, a lot of chatter about that. Apparently, they showed a trailer to the audience there, which a lot of people are you know, going crazy because it's a different switch stance. That first trailer was kind of like this you know, very melodramatic, kind of like sappy, making us cry kind of one. And I guess this one, they characterize, I don't know if you read anything about it, but it kind of was like a show of strength trailer.
0: I did. I I read up on it when you shot me that article because I did, you know, yeah, I'm interested in the plot of that movie now uh, as people are trying to raid Wakanda of their vibranium Knowing that their leader is fallen So I do like that angle yeah. that they're coming in at
1: Yeah the Neymar thing On top of other nations maybe coming in As they're vulnerable After uh, T'Challa dies um, So that's like a big story And a big part of that and I'm into that So I'm hoping for the best And people who said they saw the trailer or any additional scene stuff We're, we're really encouraged still And I, I'm, I'm happy for that because that was Like I said one of my picks in the okay. draft also, just at the uh, at Toronto, uh, the new Steven Spielberg movie with uh, the Fablemans, which was uh, a pick of Chris's, that got very high reviews. Uh, almost everybody uh, said positive things, and some people put in their tweets like "Best Picture nominee," blah blah blah, all of that stuff. So you know Spielberg seems to have a hit on his hands with that as well. Um, and then my pick in the Oscar category stuff. Uh, the Banshees of Anna won awards out of Venice and all of these movies seem to have at least a 3.9 4.0 4.1 kind of <laughs> reviews ratings out of uh, out of those festivals so I think we nailed it Shane is what I'm telling you
0: yeah and I heard about this which I don't know how much stock you could put in the put in these things but I did hear about the standing ovation that Colin Farrell and that cast got from that yeah. movie when he was when he was viewed yeah yeah which is pretty impressive so I am actually more on board with that movie because again I kind of forgot about that movie until you brought it sure. up during our draft. I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Yeah, forgot about that movie. But yeah, so I'm, nothing but positive things I'm hearing. So I'm really excited, and I'm excited for the whale, which we didn't. None of us picked, right? But I heard that um, he also got a very long standing ovation from his portrayal in that
1: movie. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting Best Actor race when I, you, and I both were championing at least. His performance, the movie as well, but to a different extent, Austin Butler with Elvis. So those two going head to head and then who knows between either Colin Farrell maybe or anyone from the Fablemans or I, I can probably go through a litany of other candidates. But those two uh, in particular between Brendan Fraser and Austin Butler, that will be a very, Oof. very tough race right there.
0: Right. I, I agree. Uh, but, th- you know, Darren, Ar- I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Arnofsky. Yeah. Yeah, it's always 50-50 with his movies with me. So, But I'll give this one a shot because I want to see the performance. And now my interest has peaked in seeing this performance by Brenna Frazier.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially for a movie that seems to be for Aronofsky, it seems more to lean towards the wrestler version of his catalog versus, you know, say, Mother or something batshit uh, that he likes oh. to make. So that kind of flies in the face of, of some of maybe his other catalog. But this definitely being based off a of play, you have somebody some mainstream people like Fraser Sadie Sink is in this as well and you know getting good marks for her performance too so this will be interesting but as far as the weekend goes um D23 did dominate more often than not and were there any there was a, like maybe i don't know about 7 to 10 trailers that came out uh, various degrees, Uh, whether they liked ones that have extreme controversy, like the Little Mermaid thing, which, by the way, my God, it it shouldn't shock me to this point. But just the level of, like, bored racists on the internet j- just are like, hey, that don't look what I want it to look like kind of thing, conversations. I don't know uh, what we're supposed to do with this anymore, but um, frankly, like I said to you, I'm like, I think it's, you know, Stop remaking stuff. You won't have these kind of comments. And then also, guess what, old man yelling at Cloud? Uh, it's not for you. The movie's not for you anymore. I'm sorry. You may have to take a small child to it, but it's not for you. So are you kind of like on that same page? I, I don't have any uh- answers.
0: No, I don't. It's just ignore it the best you can, and just tell people to get over it. And just if they it upsets you that much, just don't freaking watch it because it'd be watched by plenty of other people who want to see it. So, like my kids, my kids are going to want to see it more than likely. So, right, you know like you say go back under your racist rock and just you know (laughs) live your ignorant life i guess that's all i can say
1: they really need to mark those racist rocks and know the difference between (laughs) which ones are racist rock and not racist rock um (laughs) but i i guess it's funny because i'm saying that i'm couching this whole thing about like hey this isn't for you which people have told me years ago like hey if you have a problem with marvel and star wars maybe that's not for you anymore i'm like Uh, I beg to differ. Um, They're not four children if there's so much murder. Or at least I would hope. Um, But, you know, there is something to say about that, especially because the things that did pique my interest are things that maybe do veer maybe towards our age level or what we liked about the things that were in our, you know, prime viewing of Marvel or Star Wars. And I guess we could just start there. So the Star Wars stuff that I liked, I'm more on team... Mandalorian more than I am caring about say Andor or this new animated show that kind of pitches more Jedi period stuff of like say the the uh, like the Rebels period and stuff like that. I guess that's really where I'm at. I am fine with stuff that makes me feel like the original trilogy or talks in that language. But once you start getting into I have to care about the prequels and before I really don't care that much. And it, 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 it has to be such varying degrees. And that's why I like the Mandalorian. It rides right in the middle of all that. And it just does its own thing. Did you like the trailer for that one? Are you in? I, I did.
0: And that's, I, we've talked a little off here, but Mandalorian is the only show I'm all in on as far as these new batch of Disney shows or star Wars shows that have been coming out. Sure. But I think we both discussed or both were talking about eh, the trailer looked good but I'm a little leery on some of the, the story points that were shown in the trailers. Like yeah. how far can you really keep you know, carrying this on? Yeah. And uh, I'm with you. Uh, admittingly, the Andor trailer looked good, but they can go screw themselves. I am not watching that show. Like fool me once, <laughs> fool me twice. I- I'm out on Andor. And like you, I shouldn't have to watch the animated shows to fill in the gaps from the actual TV shows. Yeah. The whole it's uh, canon drive-
1: argument is exhausting. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, because that was an issue with the shitty uh, Ewan McGregor movie. that just Her, show that Yeah, Obi-Wan, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Obi-Wan. Yeah. You're like, well, you need to go back. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not going back and watch an animated show. Right. Sorry, man. Yeah. Not going to do it. So, uh, again, maybe Star Wars is not for me. Maybe it was never for me. But Mando, I'm in on at least for another season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it rang all the right bells. It's bringing in uh, a lot of the the same issues we saw either in that uh, Boba Fett, you know, a.k.a. Mando 2.5 season 2.5 <laughs> that they did before they're they're doing the official three here where, you know, he removed his helmet, which is, you know, a big problem. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> that's, that's my biggest problem around the house, too, is I'm always removing my helmet when I shouldn't be just scaring the children Um, so, uh, yeah, but I like that divide though, between he's kind of like a man, man on a mission. It's him and, you know, baby Grogu here, uh, just on their own, you know, samurai and cub situation that they're going to keep repeating and having to enter into new worlds, new big bad. So kind of a lot of the same, but maybe a little bit more from, uh, your girl there, Katie Sackhoff and, uh, and that group there. We can only hope. Yeah. It looks interesting. I mean, again, it's only a teaser, and I don't know exactly. They keep just saying twenty twenty three for that. I don't know when they're gonna do that, but I think it's been now about a year, right, or almost like oh. for, since the last one, or even more.
0: I think we're past the year at this point.
1: Yeah, because uh, Book of Boba Fett was in the winter time in correct so i don't know if that was uh around it was around hawkeye time right or like right after hawkeye and hawkeye was at the holiday mark right
0: yeah yeah that's about right so
1: yeah Oof. time flies but they haven't exactly given us much to chew on in that world i guess um especially with how bad obi-wan was thanks for for bringing that, that i know sorry so Had to, man Had to. i know <laughs> um but there were some things I did like, so we can get more into after. See, because, God, Star Wars just needs, and I know we we give Marvel a lot of crap, but they need a better version than they're getting with Kathleen Kennedy. They need more of a Kevin Feige. They need someone to really steer this ship and just kind of know when things are coming in the momentum of show after show, because um, they just don't have it. Or maybe it doesn't deserve it. And that's part of the thing I've been reckoning with with Star Wars for years is that maybe af- outside of the Skywalker saga, where are these other stories that are going to pique my interest? And maybe I'm just out, but because there are a lot of dedicated fans, but maybe I'm just out.
0: Yeah. As I said, I'm, I've been out <laughs> after the Skywalker. Yeah, but we keep song, returning, like, hey. man. We
1: keep returning. I know. I know. I know. So we'll see where it goes. But as far as uh, the Marvel properties go, I will say a few things did actually impress me. Um, the first and foremost, the trailer for Secret Invasion, I think, was probably the thing that piqued my interest the most. Between bringing Nick Fury back into the fold um, and kind of giving us more of the Captain America Winter Soldier vibe, that kind of you know lurk, you know, going in the shadows, trying to take down a larger enemy this time with the Cree. Uh, is a lot more interesting, and bringing in uh one of my favorite actors, one of the best actresses going right now, and Olivia Coleman, um, into the show as well, as well as bringing other old characters back into the fray. But this feeling like a paranoid thriller, you know, in a sci-fi realm, uh, really piques my interest. Did you like this as well?
0: That was the best trailer I saw all weekend from D twenty three. Yeah, uh, and I hope it delivers because again. We rag on Star Wars, but uh, we've mentioned before on this show the last several Marvel shows have they sucked. There's no other way to say it. Yeah. They need a bona fide hit, and I don't care what the critics keep giving these shitty shows or that are on now. But uh, I like the old Haggard, Nick Fury look, uh, Olivia Coleman, as you mentioned. But uh, for me, Daenerys bringing and Daenerys uh, <laughs>
1: Targaryen. <laughs> to,
0: yeah, Targaryen, yeah, Targaryen to the fold, yeah. Um, I like Emil Clark, so and I don't know what kind of role she's playing, but it was a tight trailer and it had me excited. Finally, for new Marvel property that's coming out, so I I, I didn't see when this is coming out. Is it 2020? It's probably next year. Obviously. Yeah, I think
1: this is spring or summer, so I think it's coming up relatively soon.
0: So. I, God, they need a hit. They need to hit this one out of the park. They
1: do. And I'm I'm actually just more floored that I care about anything that is kind of revolving in the universe of Captain Marvel after I didn't like that movie. So the fact that we're kind of like still going back in there and still getting something from that well is impressive. (laughs) And uh, it's smart of them to go this route with Nick Fury because he has kind of been in the shadows. The interesting thing, though, I know is that I believe Secret Invasion is first, and then the Marvels is after. So it'll right. be it'll be interesting to see that timeline because he is in both properties. Nick Fury, um, and he looks in much better shape in the Marvel. So I guess Secret Invasion maybe won't uh, end up so badly for him after all, unless we're just gonna be in wild reshoot territory or any of these other things that Marvel ends up getting <laughs> into uh, all the time because they just keep. Messing with that timeline and um, messing with the timeline is kind of the, their thing these days because everything is multiverse. And I guess maybe some of the the better things for me is, you know, we they brought up stuff about Loki season two at D23. Um, they added K. Hugh Kwan, uh, which from everything everywhere all at once in, in more recent parlance. So he's on quite a streak getting into Loki after that. Um, also loved seeing him, uh, cause they brought up a lot of Indiana Jones stuff this weekend. He made a nice joke that he's like, wait, um, this isn't Indiana Jones panel that I'm on. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. And seeing pictures of him and Harrison Ford, you know, hugging and taking photos all weekend warmed my heart, even though temple of doom is a clear third in that original trilogy. Um, I still watch the crap out of that movie and I love that whole stuff. But yeah, so he's been added to Loki season two. Loki, to me, is probably the best show that they had in the Disney Plus universe uh, up to this point. Um, You know, mileage may vary, I guess, as you're making a face there, Shane. But I'll (laughs) say for myself, I believe that to be true. Um, And honestly, now it really has to be because everything is multiverse. Everything's fucking with time. Everything's about Kang. um, And they brought in the whole uh, Quantumania thing with ant-man and i guess they had a scene or something from there where i guess that is going to be what quantumania is about a time heist uh at the behest of kang after he kidnaps uh scott lang's daughter and things like that so that is starting to move along as well um are are you getting multiverse out is this like just adding more to the i need i need (laughs) something to get here or i don't know
0: yeah, I, I'm kind of like straddling that line because like you said, they keep messing with the damn timeline and it just confuses me. It, it's just more confusing to me now more than ever because like we mentioned on this show before, you had Loki messing with the timeline then you had the Spider-Man movie messing with the timeline. It's like and you had Doctor Strange. I'm like, right. So what like what is the order? Of my, like, I it's all confusing to me. But uh, I agree with you. Like, Loki I can debate it, but it's definitely one of my two favorite shows that they've come out with so far. Um, I love Tom Hiddleston, and I am excited to see that uh, season two. Plus, I'm a big fan of Owen Wilson. Love Owen Wilson. So I want to see yeah. him continue along with this universe. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I am super excited uh, about this new season of, of uh, Loki. So yeah, I. But it is it, they need to like tie it together a little bit and make it a more definitive. Someone out there, some geek, get out there and just someone type this up for me, put it out <laughs> in the internet. You know, well, see, they can the timeline thing. They
1: can't even really do that yet, Shane, because all these people with like, well, that was you know, uh, you know, what was it that they p- putting numbers to what universe or what timeline we're yeah, in? Yeah, Earth six six six. Right. Exactly. Like yeah. Exactly. That, yeah. So I, I, you know, I don't like playing that game, whatever, and it's gonna probably get annoying to me at some point, but we'll see where it goes, but. We're also, the the complaints we've had sometimes, especially with, like, say, the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness version. There is more tie-ins now for other shows in with the movies and everything else. You have the Marvels coming out where you're going to kind of bleed in WandaVision, Ms. Marvel, and the Captain Marvel universe thing and tie all that together. And then now, uh, I guess with Wakanda Forever, they're going to introduce Ironheart in there as well so this balance keeps going back and forth they're gonna really go for it here where they're not separating church and state and i think the uh the toughest version for that with you and you've said this all along uh your boy daredevil and so i kind of want to like clear the lane to kind of talk about the the she hulk part of this now and then kind of the show part and maybe like where things are going to go for daredevil because there's been some chatter about like the tone of where things are going to go and and obviously it's all going to start in she hulk
0: yeah this is a, a near and dear to my heart and the she hulk little teaser trailer didn't give you much daredevil he had like one or two lines in there i think so i'm curious to see how they're going to use him it looks like more for levity, maybe in the She-Hulk series, since that's a lighter tone of a show. Yeah. So I, I don't know exactly. I like the suit that he had, the more yellow tinge to it. I like that aspect to it. So I, you know, with the She-Hulk thing we both discussed off-air. Totally, this show is just—it's <laughs> all over the place. It is, you know, it's
1: herky-jerky. You never know what is important yeah. in an episode. There's no like themes. It's just right. Here, this bananas thing is going to happen, this crazy timeline, whatever, this crazy uh, either villain that they bring in for just an episode or, you know, what Wong's doing. Wong's becoming a bigger, more celebrated part, it seems like, more than she holds herself. Um, Then she's got her dating life. She's got the job thing. Like, it's just all over the place. And I don't have a lot to grab onto. It's not bad, and I thought this last episode was probably the best thing, but when a small character, kind of, you know, like Madison, gets more play than anything you've done, yeah, it's not what you think, Um, but yeah, that whole thing (laughs) was funny, and it was good, Um, and this seemed more like what I thought the show was going to be like, but they had to add all the Marvelness into it, all the extra MCU part of it, the... We got to show, you know, Bruce Banner. We got to show the origin story. We got to do all this extra layers of stuff that happened in the Hulk family. No, you don't. They could have started this literally from the jump where it's like, hey, I'm a superhero. I'm a lawyer. I defend superheroes. I defend supervillains. And we do all this every week. They could have done that. They didn't need to make this whole hullabaloo. There's not enough episodes to do all this. And it feels cramped. Right. And it feels, like you said,
0: totally all over the place. Yeah. And like I said, the the whole Madison and the Wonger, that was my favorite part of the last week. I was yeah. like, we need more of that. Yeah. We need more of that. Yeah. So, you know, the trailer, I, I did have this question because, you know, Matt Murdoch, he, he's a sly fox. He gets, he's more of a ladies man than you would think. Right. So, you know, Jennifer, uh, threw out a line, like, I'm really into this guy. So uh, maybe, I don't know. Do you think there's going to be any uh, bang, 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 bang? (sighs) I I guess
1: there could be. You know, again, so I want to kind of get into the the tone of the Daredevil thing. Because everybody, when, you know, when the Netflix shows ended, and I'm speaking almost like exactly about you, the avatar for you. um, Because everybody who is like, oh, How is Disney going to take a show that was so dark and then bring it into, officially, into the MCU, right? And, you know, especially where that show was heading, it was getting darker and darker almost as it went along. It's ultra-violent. There's a lot of things that don't really fit the current MCU. And then there's already conversations with Charlie Cox. He was was on the, like, they did a panel for a show that doesn't come out for, two or three years uh, down the line with uh, Daredevil Born Again. And they're already talking about, like, the tone of that show and everything else. Meanwhile, there's not even a script, Shane. So, I hate like, this is the problem with not only the fandom taking over that we need everything right now, but it's also a problem with figure all this shit out. Get the scripts together. Then sign Charlie Cox to something larger. I feel like they just begged him to be in she hulk and then was like we'll reward you with a show later and it it just seems like it's just cart before horse
0: right and i I read the article that you sent me and it was funny because it clearly says he clearly says there's no script right but then he goes on to say with an 18 episode story arc yeah there's gonna be more levity in it there's gonna be more lightheartedness in it but it still will have its roots in that version from Netflix. Right. So, and I told you all along, that scares the shit out of yep. me. Now, does it need to be that dark? I would like it to be that dark because, again, Netflix knocked that out of the park. But I do think with that, 18 episodes is a lot and that scares me because I, I know. Because all the rumors that you keep reading, oh, you know, John Berthold's going be back as Punisher. Like, how are you going to tone him down? You can't. Like, there's just so many elements that they're talking about this born again series. Oh, we promise it's going to have that dark tone. I think they, I think it will have its lighter moments. I think you'll get an episode or two that's not as dark, but I I, am so nervous. I guess I have to see who's attached to the writing uh, assignment on this show, along with who's going to be directing the episode. Sure, Because for me, that'll go a long way because they haven't announced that at all right like who's going to be the showrunner for this one I
1: think they might have um but again if we don't have scripts yet maybe I am I'm, I'm on right. base but I don't have it off the top of my head now
0: No cuz I did I did hear a rumor where the the John Wick director or someone attached to John Wick like volunteered to like <laughs> direct some of these episodes which, which that Again would be cool. for on, action sure. scenes yeah would, would be cool but we'll see I I, uh, I just got a feeling they're going to they're going to fuck this up and I'm gonna be all kinds of upset for like every week we do the show when right. it's on, yeah, well, this might be pouty shame
1: and <laughs> we don't like pouty shame. uh <laughs> so the the thing is is that Disney plus has their own identity problem kind of where they're caught in between now it's them, you know, where they try to keep this kind of wholesome part you know with with Disney plus and then they're like, oh, if it gets too crazy, we'll put this on Hulu. Or we'll, you know, move it everywhere. But they only do that in America. Overseas, they just do the whole hot star thing. They blend all these things together. It's all on one platform. They don't sanitize it they don't sugarcoat it. You know, they just say, hey, Netflix has kids programming, family programming, and ultra-violent or ultra-sexualized things all in one place. Why can't we? And yet they don't do that here. And I feel like the Marvel, you know, starting with Dr. Strange, where they're like, this is a horror movie, which it wasn't. But the (laughs) fact that they're like, oh, we're going to get darker and we're going to get weirder and we're going to maybe get more violent. That really is a tone shift that Disney has to reckon with. And Daredevil is a prime example. Do you see that kind of like being in a, a war of the worlds here?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I agree with you 100%. I, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Like, all the properties they brought in from Netflix, supposedly all these characters are coming back, and it's like, well, all those shows had darker tones, sex, violence with Jessica Jones and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And if you read the rumors how they want to make a street-level show and combine, like, Daredevil with Moon Knight, it's like, well, I, I just I don't see. Like you said, I have no problem with Punisher being on Disney+, Plus and you could throw it over to... Name a show, Loki. You know, yeah. like, I don't have a problem with that. Like you said, they don't do it in other countries. Netflix has adult shows and kids shows. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, they need to, like you said, they need to reconcile the fact and just go for what worked. Because if it worked for Netflix, that's what people want. That's what that's the version they want. Right. So just deliver the goods, Disney+. Plus.
1: Yeah, which, by the way, the the fact that um, they have that new, um, what's it called? Like, Werewolves at Night something. Uh, did you see that?
0: Yes, yeah, yep. Uh, yep. So I did see that.
1: apparently that character uh, is involved in the Moon Knight universe. And so they're like, I, I just when I heard that, I was like, no, we're not adding more. We'll keep doing this. Jesus <laughs> Christ, please make it stop. Moon Knight didn't work. Let's end oh. it all. Um, but yeah, I, so there were some positives coming out of D23. A lot of confusion as to where things are going. I mean, they're clearing up timeline stuff, but ultimately like you said they need a hit they need a reason for me yeah. to like jump back into the fray
0: here's a surprise uh for me one of the biggest takeaways from d23 is no fantastic four stuff
1: yeah i was gonna I was gonna kind of close on that because you got All that right. and then obviously you know the the mutant stuff is still delayed too between are we getting X-Men stuff are we gonna add anything into that program um, I guess somebody was talking about the the weapon X program you know where right. um you know obviously that uh that something along the lines of captain america was the first obviously in terms of that kind of a program the serum kind of thing experimental stuff and obviously we- weapon x was the 10th so i guess they're trying to maybe bridge that line cuz i guess that's part of the comic books now and maybe talk about the experiments in between and really get into um some of those programs which That's another thing we didn't talk about is the Captain America stuff because you have – that's all over the place now. We got uh, the Thunderbolts cast was listed where you have um, U.S. Agent and Bucky Barnes on the same team doing uh, like kind of a Suicide Squad-esque mashup between heroes and villains doing certain assignments um, with a lot of people from various different – Uh, universe whether it's the Ant-Man universe whether it's the Black Widow movies or anything else all under one banner and then on the other side you have Captain America New World Order where you have Anthony Mackey's Captain America going off in another direction where I guess they're going to bring back uh what was the guy Bradley uh the The guy, the older black gentleman who was kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, Bradley, yeah, Yeah. who is, um, you know, kind of like an original, you know, Captain America soldier kind of thing in maybe that weapon, you know, program that they were going through. Right. So again, that might have gaps filled in between Captain America and Wolverine and everything in between. And now I'm rhyming, but the, uh, but a lot of (laughs) these things sound intriguing, but they're just everywhere. Um so right. it's going to I don't know. I it could either be awesome where it's like we just get this flurry of like amazing content that comes through and again that's part of the thing of D23 it's part of the thing of Marvel. They're all show 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 and then when the show actually gets here or the movie gets here you're like oh okay. Well I guess this thing's coming <laughs> up and you kind of just refuel the hype train and keep it going. So between the Comic-Con stuff, the D23 stuff, there's a lot to talk about, but I need something to actually hit before that goes. And for my draft's sake, I'm hoping it's Wakanda forever. <laughs> but yes, no Fantastic Four. They just confirmed the director was in the audience. They have a director. They don't have cast news. They don't have any of that stuff. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what all that and, and a lot of it's because the rights are all tied up still with the Fox deal and, and when they can do all this. So, you know, I feel bad for them because there's such a, uh, you know, a thirst for all this stuff, but it just isn't happening and it's not happening quite yet. And then they, they didn't do themselves any favors with the, the Dr. Strange, uh, yeah, the Illuminati. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, all that stuff didn't do them any favors with the Krasinski. Which again, we,
0: we discussed that a little bit earlier, and I'll bring it up again. They pulled the the old Okie doke because Reed Richards, which everyone wanted uh Krasinski. John
1: yeah.
0: yeah, as Reed Richards, and oh, but well, he's Earth's 869's uh Reed Richards. Exactly. Fulja. Yep. Yeah, so yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, the multiverse is probably gonna make me lose my mind. Um, Before this thing is all said and through. So I think it's time to maybe get into a better timeline for us. Something a little more simple, a little more soapy, a little more cheesy, but something that definitely pleases us. And that is Cobra Kai coming back for its fifth season. And this is something that I've been sitting on for a minute because I was lucky to get it early from Netflix and, and just... Son of a I, I was just so happy uh, to get that and, and be able... Because whether... At, at this point, right, season five, like, the fans are in. Like, if you're a fan, you're you're still here. You know, the only thing is it's interesting about this particular season is that I feel like season four was a little tougher. Like, the farther it goes, I felt like maybe it was spinning its wheels a little bit. And there were certain time, uh, certain themes, certain uh, characters that were uh, carrying over from season four into season five that had me concerned uh, because I was just either I didn't care or it was going to get way too soap opery. that I was just like, please, please don't mess this up. Please don't mess with what you have here, which is a nice little piece of you know nostalgia porn for some and then also just watching 2030 teenagers all beat their asses at the same time which you know who doesn't want that that's exactly what was the karate kid spirit but so the things that carry over uh one obviously terry silver uh taking over and pushing out crease and crease going to jail that that i think we'll we'll get into that in more detail but that uh, i didn't have as much of a problem but Miguel going down to Mexico was something that I was just like, I don't care and I don't know. And and part of it's I I have some problems with Miguel itself, but it it strays away. And not only does it stray away, it took Johnny away. And to me, the part of the thing, and you can obviously tell me your opinion on this. The reason why the show was so good to start is because it was Johnny and a lot more Johnny and a lot more Johnny. And then as the show has progressed, they kind of sideline Johnny, especially in season four, um, and really started to get away. This season needed more Johnny, and I feel like we got it.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Like, to me, he's the heartbeat of this show. He's the heartbeat of this season. Like you said, it's the reason why we fell in love with the show, at least I did, and he's hysterical. Like, he I, I, <laughs> again, he is the heartbeat of the show. So when he's on screen, I love it. I love everything. Every scene he's in, it it just works. Right. Like, and again, we'll get into it. It, It's honestly, the the way every season starts, it takes me a while to get into the Daniel character. Because I feel like he starts out always pretty lame (laughs) in in the seasons. (laughs) And I don't know why. Right. He kind of annoys me more than anything else. I'm like, come on, man. Like, get with it. But no, I liked... Again, the whole Mexico thing, I'm glad they kept that to, what, like two episodes? Like an episode yeah, and Yeah, not
1: even fully. Yeah, but that, I, I agree. Because to me, this show, it just whips by. So it's one of the most bingeable shows on television. And, oh, absolutely. Because they know how to start and end episodes. And yeah. this particular thing, you're right. <laughs> this whole season is like the fatherhood theme and that thread going throughout... I get it now why they kind of did it, but it was so not interesting compared to how the, the whole season kind of unfolded as it went along. But for, for Johnny's journey more than Miguel's you needed to kind of have him go down and kind of save the day in a sense, or at least be there when Miguel figures his stuff out. And then also taking Robbie and, you know, fixing that relationship and, it's all about fathers and sons, which essentially is every 80s project. It's definitely what Karate Kid was, where Miyagi's kind of like a surrogate father. And then, you know, Creese was a surrogate father in a bad way for Johnny and this whole thing. And then, obviously, Terry Silver stepped in at one point. Which, <laughs> before we get to in the weeds, do you just marvel, as much as I do, how much mileage they're getting out of characters from... Karate Kid 3, which nobody really watches a lot uh, or revisits because it's not that good.
0: It's, yeah, it's not that good. But yeah, because Terry Silver, like you said, I'm kind of glad they sidelined Crease for most of the season because Terry Silver plays a good big bat. He's better. Like he, he's better. Let's just yeah, put he, it out there. He's, he's
1: a much better uh, because Crease is street level, Terry Silver is global. He's smart. He's rich. He's a Bond villain. They even mention it (laughs) in in one of the episodes. What was that Bond villain doing here? He is. That's what he is. He's got the ponytail. He's huge. Like he he is that guy.
0: Yeah, and he pulls it off, and that's what like that's what makes the show work this season too. And what I also like is, yeah, you had your kid fights, you, you did, but they made it more Sensei heavy. They did with chosen back in the fold. And working with Daniel. Yeah. I love Chosen in this show, man. Chosen is like, the I MVP of this great. season. He is 100% he was great. the
1: MVP. Uh,
0: when they bring, like, again, uh, you go back to Karate Kid 3, Michael Barnes. Even though he was only in a couple scenes, I liked him. And I liked him and Johnny together. Yeah. Like, when he mentioned he's the bad boy of karate. Yeah. It like, I thought that we worked well together. They brought back Robin uh, Lively, his girlfriend in that uh, yeah movies just for, like, one episode. I was like, holy shit, they got her back, too? Right. They made her, like, his wife's cousin or yes. something like that? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I actually like that. that. Yeah. Yeah, I did, too. They tie it in in a nice way where they don't, like, beat you over the head with it. It's Like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Right. And to under make
1: more of an understanding piece for for uh, Daniel, too, because you need another person to be like, I have first-hand knowledge of how awful that situation was for him and how much it screwed him up and that uh, you know, his cousin or excuse me, his ex still had a lot of PTSD from that and and really, you know, had her life threatened too. So yeah, there's a lot to unpack and a lot of things they're getting so much mileage from Karate Kid 3, it just baffles me. But in a way, I wanted to kind of almost do this the way we did Stranger Things, where it was like MVPs. Do you so do you agree with my assessment? I feel like Chosen is just the guy. Because yeah, sure. he's perfectly in between all this other stuff because he's centered. He gives like uh, a certain gravitas and authenticity to like kind of the sensei version of these three guys. You know, yeah, he had the beef with Daniel, so he should be closer to Johnny. But he's just a skilled guy who is loyal. He's 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 just perfect as this kind of in between. Daniel and Johnny and he crushes it.
0: Yeah, he's my MVP. I'm with you. I loved uh, he made me laugh, like he's funny. Uh, yeah, his whole demeanor. I I liked his relationship. Like again, you echo. I'm going to echo everything you just said because he he nailed it for me outside of Johnny, of course, but it, to me it's him.
1: And the show knows it too because they did so many things where he's pairing off with Silver more than anybody else, and even though he just got here. But it's because he kind of matches that energy of, you know, someone more rooted in the history of either the dojos or the trainers, uh, the original source material that these guys are all working off of. He's obviously from Japan, so he and and he has something more to do with a lot of everybody's little pieces. But even though he only came from Karate Kid Part Two and the Miyagi Do and and the whole facing off as being like kind of the Asian Johnny (laughs) to a a lesser extent, you know, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. He just worked. He was funny. He was, you know, he's him being drunk, you know, at times to like counteract his, you know, more uh, composed demeanor all the time is just, was just exactly what the show needed. And it's very eighties. Which for, for oh, absolutely, so yeah, whatever. People could say maybe it's not the nicest portrayal. I think they're very careful with this show where they give you just enough of what it was like, but also showing how we've evolved in the last 30, yeah. 40 years.
0: Now, they do a really good job of balancing all that out, uh, as we pointed out. And I also maybe sometimes I don't like it, but they do give each character a time to shine throughout this series so they don't stay laser focused on one character too long before they spin it in another direction. Yeah. going back to the chosen thing. Like, I like how they tied in that story and like, Hey, my, my uncle knew the guy who taught Terry silver. Like, right. They, they made, they made sense of that. I'm like, okay, that, that makes perfect sense. So, yeah. uh, even though I wish there was more Johnny in this season, um, but they do give shine to all these characters
1: for sure. And <laughs> I, so, okay. Is there, is there anything that, bothered you with this season though is where does season five kind of rank do you think do you think you agree with my assessment that maybe four they were started to spin the wheels and they brought it back or is it kind of just another season on top of the fire for this one
0: no to me season four was a slight step back it was still solid but i was like okay sure are they going with some of these story angles but to me they picked this one back up and uh I I think it's their best season, at least for Probably the last couple two. seasons. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. Yeah. What bothered me is I'm not a big Miguel fan. I don't really care much for that character. Yeah. Why is he uh, always I, crying?
1: Like if I if right. I had to pick an avatar for what like Miguel looks like, it's Miguel is always crying. Sam's hair is always wet. There's just these certain aspects, you know, Hawk, you know, he has a different colors every time, you know, of his Mohawk. There's certain things that they just, when I close my eyes and I picture them, that's what they are. And Miguel is always crying. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, and, you know, honestly, it's because of their age. Some of the fights between the senseis, like, Oh God, they're so slow moving. <laughs> I know. And just, Which by uh, the way, like, adds like to like the
1: there. chosen thing because he moves for an older guy, that yeah. dude moves, or at least whoever's yeah. supposed to be chosen. It looks good. Let's put it that way.
0: Right. But when Terry Silver got in some of his fight scenes, like his leg kicks were like maybe going six inches off the floor, yeah. I'm like, it's, eh, okay, it gets the Gaulish
1: real quick. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, very much so. It gets the Gaulish. Yeah. Um, I liked Robbie's story arc in this, in this particular season. Yeah. Because honestly, I don't care too much for the kids. Like I, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. that, that might be like the weakest part of the show. Sure. But I understand they have to they have to do it. Yeah, because that's but the soapy like Tor- part. Yeah, right. I like the Tory angle on this season as well. How she kind of came around full circle again. The crease stuff was kind of weak, especially him in prison and the guy getting him Jello cups and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And honestly, and I, could, he ends up-
1: yeah, I could deal without the Sinatra
0: and all that stuff, dude, that whole thing.
1: You know, I'm doing it my right. way, him escaping prison. It would just seems so easy to escape prison.
0: <laughs> it does. And I'm like, did you think this through? Like, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with that. Like, <laughs> I don't They know, know what he looks like. They know where he hangs out. Yeah. So it's like, where are you really going, man?
1: I know. Like- yeah. Which, by yeah. the way, we'll talk about that, like, uh, because I I didn't know. Whether this was going to be the last season or not, and the fact that they're kind of leaving doors open and looking like six is happening, I, w- I want to kind of talk about that in a sec. But there's a few things I wanted to throw out uh, to you first. One, holy shit, is this season just more chaotic, violent, and everything. Like like you said, the, the kids are one thing, but the adults are playing real games. And the one thing that I laugh about is that there are clearly... The cops are the worst in the valley somewhere because you never really see them until it's, like, at the very, very end. You would think they'd be on high alert knowing all this stuff has kind of been going on. Crease is in jail. Wouldn't you think that (laughs) the Cobra Kai Dojo should have, like, some kind of target on their back? Something? Um, But, yeah, nothing. The the police surveillance of this whole situation is awful. And then for Mike Barnes... (laughs) To have his furniture store burned down and everything else. I was like, good Lord, this show is getting intense.
0: <laughs> it is. And I, I, it really is like going back to the chosen fight. Like that was, that was real stakes, man. Like yeah. they didn't pull any punches with that stuff. No. I, I mean, they, they really went for it. Yeah. I like, a lot yeah, more I like, blood? yeah. Yeah. And I do like the Michael Barnes, man. I, I did like the scenes <laughs> he was in, like when he stole the limo. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was yeah. cool. Yeah. Like, it was good, man. I, I liked all the cheese. Like, this, this show, like you said, has just the right amount of cheese in this show. All right. So sp- where they don't, like, kill you with it.
1: Speaking of that, I got two for you. That I'm, like, when yeah. I watch these scenes, I'm, like, somewhere Shane is just smiling ear to ear. <laughs> the first one, the Top Gun dream. Speak on yeah, it, oh man. Yeah. When you watch it, like, because once I'm, like, once the, because I watch it with the captions a lot, once it said, Play, playing playing, with the boys uh, as uh, with the music symbols, I was like, oh God. Oh God. This is gonna get intense. <laughs> I wonder how much they planned that before Top Gun was going to be coming out or how that all went. Ooh. But man, talk about timing.
0: Good question. I, ooh, that's a good question. I didn't even put that together. I
1: know because you figured they had to be filming. Maybe they knew because it was going to come out, but they couldn't have known it was going to be that big of a hit. But to bring it all right. back, that's actually great timing.
0: That, that was great timing. No, that, that was a great scene. It didn't make me smile ear to ear <laughs> on that. Like, I just, uh Did you like that it show. was
1: Carmen's dream and not Johnny's?
0: <sighs> Actually, I didn't mind. I didn't mind that it was Carmen's scene because yeah. it kind of shows you that connection that they're growing over the show. Yeah. And I like the fact that Carmen was was in this season just a little bit more and you got to see yeah. more of that relationship with Johnny and how he's evolving Yeah, as as much as he can. Yes. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like the scene where he bought Robbie the FBI shirts, I still laugh at I'm like that is so 80s. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? And the look in the look Robbie gives him like really. i was like come on, and, man. And, and the montage
1: of cleaning his apartment and everything else Right. Like, t- taking down the babes and putting on uh you know uh what was it? A um a lighthouse that he, from Narragansett right. or whatever. And then all the roaches in his house. Like it was just so cartoonish and comical, but like isn't every eighties montage. So like that's, I thought that worked for what the show is, but the other one that uh, I thought of with you was <laughs> Johnny trying to broker peace by taking them to Olive Garden. And then like, yeah. the, and then they call it back later with, after they all fight and everything else, they still eat Olive Garden. They're like, God, you weren't kidding about these breadsticks. Kidding about these breadsticks. (laughs) Something about Olive Garden and this like fake authenticity thing being the favorite thing of Johnny Lawrence is so perfect that I, it's something that I didn't think I needed. And I loved every second.
0: Yeah. The fact that he treats Olive Garden, like a five-star Italian restaurant. (laughs) I mean, it just, (laughs) that is him. That's him in a nutshell, man. Like, and it just added to his, you know, just added to his character even more, man. I was dying yeah. you know, when he saw how good the breadsticks were. He's like, you got to try these. And that
1: waiter, when he's like, if you want to go to Tuscany, you go do this, you do this. And then he's like, <laughs> and then the chocolate lasagna. Well, <laughs> that's American. But you get my, point. you know, <laughs> it was just, it was so perfect. Because again, Olive Garden is a place that like subtly, like everybody just laughs about. But we also kind of disagree that the breadsticks bring you back. And it's such a dumb product to be like, that's the thing that brings you back to go eat there. You know, sh- yeah, shouldn't it be the food? <laughs> you know, like the main, food? No, it's, like, uh, it's just the stuff they put on the
0: table before you eat. <laughs> right. It's like, it's a lesser effect. It's like little Caesars. People go there for the crazy bread. They don't go there for the, bread, sure. the cardboard pizza. It's the yeah, crazy bread. Exactly. This is something we shouldn't be so excited about.
1: Like, yeah, it's his bread. Well, if anything, all those places are like quantity over quality, and in a way, that's very Johnny Lawrence. And it, <laughs> right. and and the music stuff is still kicking. By the way, I I, I for <laughs> nobody cares, but I love the fact that this show inspired me so much. I made a playlist on Spotify. I love making playlists, and I made a playlist that I call I labeled Johnny Lawrence, and all it is is like you know, Van Halen and Dockin and Rat and like as soon as he was like I made like kind of like a mixtape for the 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 baby like whatever that's to come right. here with Carmen or whatever and, and she's like, Yeah, definitely more Metallica and all this stuff. I, I was like, that's great to see what Carmen uh, but it also inspired me. I'm like, yeah, I should I don't think I really have like an eighties hard rock playlist. It kind of just mixes in with my other 80s playlist and i'm like maybe i should just make one and call it johnny lawrence and i did because i'm a nerd
0: ah that's a good idea though that's that's pretty good you throw some but just make sure you got some cinderella in there because he was rocking that t-shirt during during the show too it's true
1: i yeah i've been trying to go through that uh era because i have slightly different tastes than johnny lawrence so i try to like (laughs) i tried to bridge the gap between like yeah i'm into this but maybe i should try more of this so Hey, if that's anything for, for Cobra Kai has done in general is it made me go back and watch the karate kid movies again. It's made me go back and listen to different, uh, hard rock from the era because I was born in 82. So I got various levels over the years, but obviously I wasn't ultra immersed in that. I was more of a grunge and nineties rock alternative kid, you know, growing up. So it's nice to kind of go back and, 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 fully inhale the 80s again
0: (laughs) oh absolutely see i was pre-grunge so it was more like what johnny would listen to hair band sure like hair metal hair metal that was the thing so i was all into that scene so yeah it just warms my heart when i'm watching this show
1: absolutely so any other stuff before we get into like the the look ahead here
0: oh man I'm sure I'm probably forgetting something like we always do during the show. We always remember something off air that was awesome, and we never put it in. So Here, how about this
1: one? I, I did miss this, so the end. I mean, we could kind of make that as part of a pitching point. Is there any man on earth who got laid harder than Daniel LaRusso after whooping somebody's ass in front of his wife, his kids, and everybody just taking down a dude at that age? After they've been drinking all night, who gets laid harder than Daniel LaRusso in that moment?
0: Uh, nobody. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> nobody.
1: I mean, because, again, Johnny did all his work off screen. He was at Silver's right. place. So, which, by the way, I, I, I shouldn't have to say spoilers. We've been kind of just dripping and drabbing the whole thing. But, you know, whatever. If, if you're into this conversation, you shouldn't have hung out this long, I guess. I don't know. But. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So he's doing all that work at Silver's. Him and chosen and Barnes. They're all in someplace else. He's doing it right in the heart, right with everybody watching. Stepped up to the plate. That dude is getting everything. He is getting it in. As as She Hulk would put it, Daniel Russo fucks. All right. This guy, <laughs> this guy is getting it on after a fight like that, right? Because Silver ruined their lives, and he just gets to take them down all at once.
0: Yeah, not only did it ruin his lives, but he whooped his ass like yeah. earlier in the season. Oh yeah. Like pretty oh, yeah. bad. Pretty bad. Yeah, there so, was for him no good up, shots on him. No. And for him to dispatch him the way he dispatched him during that scene. Oh yeah, yeah. He's uh he's bringing it all in that night.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they again they brought everything back from Karate Kid 3. This is insane. We're bringing. <laughs> they just cherry picked the perfect things. To bring back. I, I'm so impressed with this season. Even though there are parts where I'm I'm just like, all right, I love you, Chosen, and I understand the whole egg thing had to mean something later. But, like, there are yeah. whole episodes where I'm just like, this is kind of lame. Um, but, again, you deal with it because you know it's going to pay off at some point later on. Um, but, yeah, there's certain episodes... That just didn't work. Isn't that right. the
0: master stroke of the the showrunner here to, to pick the worst Karate Kid movie and make it the best part of the season? Yes. That's genius. And that using is Terry genius. Silver. Like, the fact that yes. we just
1: keep upping the villains, but the villains are from the older pieces. We didn't add anything. And that's what... Okay, so maybe now we can kind of pitch it forward. So, Terry Silver's out of the picture, which sucks because I, like, Well, I mean, he's in jail. So, I mean, he's as out of it as whatever you're going to do. Maybe Crease steps up to the plate and makes amends or what have you to to bring them all back in again. But so Crease breaks out of jail. Terry Silver is going to jail. And all the kids in Cobra Kai know that Terry Silver and Crease are assholes. Where do we go from here? At least like at the end of season four, I was like, all right, well, we still have this. And now I'm like, what do we have here? Uh, did you feel like kind we, of, did we need a season six and should it have just ended here?
0: I'm going to go as much as I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. They probably should have ended it after season five. I think so too. Because I don't know. I honestly don't know where they're going. Cause look at all the relationships. Robbie and Miguel are buddies. They all Tori and, and Daniel Russo's daughters. All yep. they all, you know, patched everything up. Yep. All the Cobra Kai kids know how much of an asshole Terry Silver was. Again, he's in jail. So, what do you got to focus on? Johnny being a father? Eh, doesn't really. eh. Yeah. You can make an episode out out of that, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So you have that, and then you have Crease out of prison doing God knows what. Yeah. You should be going to the lamb, but I don't think he will. Yeah. So it, it really left you hanging with like, where do they logically go? On season six, I have no idea.
1: Because, again, like most of these seasons, it also put, you know, Daniel's, his marriage to the limit. You know, it took all that to the limit. You know, Johnny's growing up where he doesn't want to be as involved. They really had to kind of coax him back in. You know, Barnes is obviously in and out. The, the only thing I can think of is Crease would have to do something alarmingly dangerous. But also, how does the... so? Uh, I guess what it is is it's gonna be the what is it the I'm I'm trying I'm blanking on that big tournament uh, sentai, hentai, oh, whatever, like the sentai uh, whatever it's called
0: Hentai, tangi tangala shalala <laughs> sure <laughs> it was it, it has
1: it like almost says the same word twice it's like the hentai, sentai or something whatever it's called so right. obviously you have that massive tournament where both of those dojos got in but you figure Cobra Kai's got to be out. Of that tournament because of, you know, if your sensei goes to jail, he's the guy who brokered the whole thing, you know, so how does that work? Do the kids get to stay in and maybe crease goes, hey, I'm vindicated because this asshole went to jail. Everybody knows he set me up or whatever, and he he is cleared and he gets to do it, but he also broke out of prison, which is a no-no, even if you're doing good. So he would have to get off. I don't know, in some way, and, and they have to go, obviously, overseas again, is my guess. Right.
0: Oh, God. That I sounds know. expensive he, he, for
1: Netflix. I would be, uh, in a way, I'd be shocked if they do that, but they'd have to mock it somehow to make it cheap, you know?
0: Right. And even if they do bring Tears Silver back, do we want to go down that rabbit hole of him doing the whole global gym domination thing again. I I'm done with that <laughs> storyline, you know, it, 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 it didn't work. <laughs> so I don't want them to rehash that storyline again. I, I, so,
1: but it's almost all you got. I, know. I mean, that woman, uh, who he worked with, that was, uh, I guess his the granddaughter of yes. So of the, of the main sensei that he learned all his stuff from. So she's still around. <clears throat> she's not in jail. She could take up some of the, like, more nastier people in Cobra Kai and still take them into the tournament. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And, and Lord knows I do not want to see something like, you know, cause they couldn't come up with a name. They were all on one side with this whole Eagle Fang Miyagi-Do yeah. thing. So I don't want that to become like, this is where Johnny and Daniel go away again and then have to come back again. That'd be boring to me. So, right. I don't know. It just, uh, they'd have to really cook something up to really kind of, land all these plot lines, but they did such a good job with this season. I almost wish like crease did try to escape jail and then got stabbed and died. And then like silver <laughs> goes to jail. And here we are. Everybody gets to kind of just, you know, some of these kids got to graduate high school at some point <laughs> and actually move on point, with their right. lives. Yeah. And then we get to get uh Cobra Kai. The college years comes out in a few years and, and then we'll go with that. Right.
0: <laughs> right it worked for saved by the bell Did yeah it though i don't know
1: yeah we'll have the you know the malibu beach club season and everything else we'll do whatever you know they already have country club stuff here you know that we'll make right. it work yes Ugh. and they're they ran yeah. out of movies we're not getting uh Jayden i know Smith. i was just we're not gonna get uh 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 not hillary swank we're not getting hillary swank in this so i don't know well
0: have you seen what she's up to lately we probably could get hillary swank to make an appearance in here i know
1: but it has nothing to do with Larusso, though so i'm i'm uh, mm, i wonder they got wonder. the miyagi tie-in though it's fair it's fair i'm not revisiting that one i'm sorry revisiting part three is enough <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what um do you want to rate this show this season I yeah this season
1: yeah i'd probably say it's the best i've felt since it first started my my I would probably give it a at least a four. I'd say four is solid. To where it's like, yeah, it's yeah. got enough problems to where I'm not gonna go over the moon, but I'm also gonna say it did bring me back into this show. Because I'll tell you, when season four ended, my wife was out. She's out. Like we watched the whole thing up until this point. And I said, like, hey, I got season five early want to watch, and she's like, ah, I'm out. And then I started like giving her drips and drabs of what's going on. She's like, so, so what's going on? And then I think (laughs) she'd be in if now that it's out, I'm waiting for her to just go. So I watched it, you know, because again, it'll bring you back in. It does the job. So
0: It, it, it does the job. So I also give this a four. On the Shane rating scales, this is something you could get naked to with a big bucket of Elvita cheese and tortilla chips and just live your life while you're watching this show. That's it. Let the cheese drip, baby. Let it drip.
1: (laughs) And make that playlist, everybody. Make your mixtapes. Right. Because it's bringing every 80s awesomeness back. And, come on, you get LaRusso doing the crane kick. That's all you needed. That's all you needed. And he fucking does it blowing up silver so everybody's good um except miguel he kind of sucks and then uh, you know (laughs) that poor kid i i listened to another podcast um of the town with matt bellamy uh that i love the guy from puck news and they talked about like certain actors and actresses who like are under a certain age level that might go on to bigger careers and they brought up miguel (laughs) as like the one of that group that might go on i'm like He's the worst. <laughs> he might be the worst. Although I will say, because this always happens with the Stranger Kids, uh, Stranger Things kids, they're always like, "Oh, who do you think will still have a career? Or are they just this show and then they're done?" They did that with the It Kids. They did that with the Stranger Things kids. If I was to take anyone from this show, who who would you take? If, if of all the like kind of young stars of this show, who do you think has it going forward?
0: Uh. That's a great question. And God uh, help
1: us all if these kids think, I'm karate action star now and make more stuff. Because I don't think that's the part of this show that makes the most sense.
0: Here's who I can see. This may be. This may surprise you. Because I can see her doing a bunch of Hallmark movies. Samantha LaRusso. okay, the character, the actress who plays Samantha I can see her just slipping into that Hallmark Christmas catalog movies. Her and Candice Burr. Whatever Cameron, whatever she calls herself these days. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh uh-huh. Pavel Bere's. I'm wife, going Samantha. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.
0: I'm going Samantha. Interesting. Yeah,
1: I, I kinda dig that. I, I kind of agree with you there because I've seen a lot of these kids and other stuff. And I didn't fully buy in. But a name like Mary Mauser, that's her name, that does actually work well for like Hallmark, Lifetime, you know, Christmas movie. Yeah, you're right. Like a people who left full house, what did they do, right? Or like these sitcom people what? sort of. Yeah, that kind of works. And Tanner Buchanan did, uh, he's all, or excuse me, yeah, he's all that. Uh, it was not great. And obviously, <laughs> I, again, he's working with an Instagram model turned actress in that one so you got that whole like what did he have a lot to work with is this a, even a good script a good project do you just take a money thing what does that mean and then Peyton List she seems to be in uh it's Tori Nichols she seems to be in a bunch of like horror movies sort of right I can see going. that uh I can see that too but uh she's not great in those either no. so um I don't know, yeah, but I think she's been other like CBS series and other uh, Disney stuff before. I think that's maybe how she crossed over into this anyway. But um, yeah, what did I see? She's got The Inheritance coming up this year, which is, uh, I believe, a, kind of a more horror-thriller. Oh, well, she was in Hubie Halloween, which, you know, there you go. <laughs> she's she, <laughs> she, like, she climbed out of that one. I think that's maybe what I saw her in, but I thought I saw that she came out through, uh, she had other horror movies coming through but maybe it was just the inheritance but who knows like basically she's not gonna be sadie sink let's put it that way <laughs> she is not Correct. going to be the person who moves forward with that so but uh, i think you might be right i think we're gonna look back and it might just end up being you know mary mauser doing uh, a little bit of like netflix cheesy stuff those kind of uh yeah. you know lifetime ish you know hallmarky kind of stuff and and see where it goes um but that's fine I'll take it yeah it's fine yeah but yeah man I'm so glad that this season went the way it did brought us all back super positive and you know we'll see what they (laughs) have for us in season six as we were saying but you know tv is just awesome right now and 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 I feel like movies are about to, to hit all that I'm loving lord of the rings right now uh, which has its own dumb controversies, like the Little Mermaid thing. Everybody needs to stop being racist, please. Uh, it's exhausting. Um, <laughs> House of the Dragon still kicking. Um, you know, I'm just enjoying. So, are you are you into anything right now? Have you uh, been catching up on stuff or anything?
0: I, I am loving House of the Dragon right now.
1: Okay, yeah, way
0: more than I thought because I was a big Game of Thrones fan, and I was like, eh, do I really want to see something that took place a little bit beforehand? But no, episodes three and four really started kicking that show into gear. I'm like, okay, for sure, it's on. Yeah, it's on. So right now, that's the show that I'm paying most attention to right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then yeah, we got a few things. I don't know if you have show time to watch your Burnthal boy be an American <laughs> Gigolo, but and, and by the way, whew, Pinocchio, but got raked over the coals over the weekend. Uh, nobody seemed to like that movie, and I've seen people give it F grades and everything oh, else. Wow. So. Sorry, D23. <laughs> that was probably not a high point of what people were talking about. But I am looking forward to this upcoming weekend. Um, tomorrow night, I'll be watching Clarks 3, so maybe we'll touch on that next week. But a lot of horror. I'm thinking we're going to do maybe a horror episode or more heavy horror leaning uh, because Barbarian, as we noted, came out. Um, Pearl, the X prequel, comes out this weekend. Um, the Retaliators, which is uh, a more low budget movie, but it's got like a soundtrack with, uh, you know, all like these metal guys, like between uh, the new metal stuff and some of the older guy, like Tommy Lee's in the movie. The guy from Five Finger Death Punch and Papa Roach and all these other people. So it's an interesting mix. So I'm going to watch that as well. Um, Good Night Mommy comes out on Prime. So that's horror stuff that's happening, too. So. Yeah, we'll see, man. There's a lot of stuff, and maybe we can uh, look forward to some of the other ones that are coming through. Or recap. I watched No Exit on Hulu, uh, trying to catch up with my horror, uh, okay. and I, I I enjoyed that. I can I could say people should at least check that out. It has its own issues, but I I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, man, it'll be a nice little thing maybe to check in with horror before we get into more of the uh, either Oscar-y stuff or or maybe back into the the Disney takeover of, of things before we get into the Halloween season so this was great man uh sorry that Chris couldn't be here this week uh, but you know hopefully he enjoys this episode and hopefully you guys did too be sure to come back next week uh, when we have more recent activity